0: So I was in Madtown the last couple days, feasting, celebrating, got dressed up one night. So the customary Duluth-packed duffel was augmented with a blazer and a bag. Checking out, asked the question, did you remember your clothes that were in the closet? To which I replied, no, I didn't. So back in, uh, right, I have to get back into the room that I just checked out of because my spouse can't remember to bring his clothes along coats. I rarely forget mine, but you do. Um, So um, I have some coats here that have been with us for a period of time, and uh, we would love to. This one's actually a vest, I think, properly, and it's made by uh, Weatherproof. So it's it's got some things to like a little more slimming effect, so I don't know if that would be in the little zippers here. So So is this... Okay, I got this one someone should come up for, because I think this is, well, it says it's Gore-Tex, and based on the fact that I have a jacket very similar to this, I think it's the Gore-Tex Pro, um, it's a K-L-I-M, is that, climb, climb, like climb, like climb, okay, sounds great, this is, pro- this is probably a couple hundred bucks, I'd let it go for 150 Anyone? Are you going to come up and own it? Because this is really a nice place to get This one also, here, this is... um, I think that looks nice. This one is... Okay, so is this... Uh, how do you pronounce this? It looks kind of like an Omega. Is that Lululemon or Lululemon? Or how's that one? This, again, this is a pretty nice coat. Someone might want this. Do you, is it... I mean, so someone should own this. This has to be some dollars. This one looks like uh, it might have you uh, got picked up at um, Costco or something. No, uh, it's Under Armour. So Under Armour, that's nice. That's nice stuff. Here's one. This one's a little more uh, Reebok. Um, please, anytime during the sermon you want to come up and grab them, this one's kind of a little bit more fall colors, if you will. They're here for you to use as you wish. My best, worst forget was $15,000 worth of airline tickets. Remember airline tickets? Non refundable, non cancelable, non issuable airline tickets uh, in a restaurant in Prague in 2003. I was jet lagging. My most current forget is a set of keys. I misplaced them, I think, s- Tuesday morning. I still don't. Oh, here they are. They even have a bowl on of them. They, Happy thank you very much. Who found these? Do you know? Ritter found these. Ritter, thank you very much. I do appreciate it because I've been looking for these and it's kind of like you can get, yes, exactly. Happy birthday from Bob and Joy to me. (laughs) Forgetting things, right? Either you don't want to forget or the thing is important enough that you wouldn't forget. But even when it's important enough that you wouldn't forget, I still have this reality that sometimes I forget. There's this sense of value, right, of the things that we want to remember, the things that we don't want to forget, a sense of value, of importance, maybe a life-changing experience or encounter. I'll never forget one night in the spring of 1993, I woke up in the middle of the night, verse 20, page 415, and Mordecai recorded these things and sent letters to all the Jews who were in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, both near and far, obliging them, obliging, morally bound, compelled, required, driven, compulsory, impelled. Think impeller, okay? If you haven't changed your impeller on your boat the last couple of years, maybe now's a good time to do it before next spring when you will have forgotten. Impelled, indebted, obligation, obligated, obliged. Obliging them to keep the 14th day of the month of Adar, And also the 15th day of the same, year by year. As the days on which the Jews got relief from their enemies. And as the month that had been turned for them from sorrow into gladness and from mourning into a holiday, that they should make them days of feasting and gladness. Days for sending gifts of food to one another. Gifts to the poor. So the Jews accepted what they had started to do and what Mordecai had written to them a recorded history. There's a number of written decrees in this book, right? One is spiteful, one is hateful, one is grateful, and one in defense. History. We recognize this, right? The book of Esther, a book of history, but it's a story, a recorded story, when writing is the best thing that we can do leaving a history, the stories that inspire, the stories that give hope, the stories that lift, the stories that point to something larger, the stories that make us laugh. I think there's something really engaging about laughter. But the story has to be remembered. And the book of Esther gives us a story. And it fits, right? It fits into a larger narrative, just like our stories fit. We exist within the larger reality of God's work. We are not on our own, nor are we so important that we're the only thing to be thinking about, right? We exist within the larger reality of God's work. Always anchor ourselves on the reality that the unseen force is in the room, in any room that we occupy, wherever we occupy in our lives. We exist within the larger reality of God's work and desire and hope in and for our lives. It's why, even when we don't mention God's name, if you don't mention God's name tomorrow morning on the job site, it's okay, God's still there. The unseen force is still in the room. And we also know that this story ends so wonderfully. But there are other stories. With as compelling a roster of folks... And the story, at least in the short term, doesn't end well. Point in fact, Esther is in Persia because of the exile. Sometimes the story doesn't end with the bad guy on a stake and the good guy's having a feast. That would have been a better line if I had said, sometimes the story doesn't end with the bad guy on a stake and the good guy's having a stake. That would have been a better line. (laughs) That, that would have been more memorable. Take, I'll do it for the second, so hang on a second. Take. And if we don't wrestle with this, we can easily find ourselves a little tone deaf to those around us. For, for example, say the tornado misses your house and hits mine or the hurricane, or the whatever, or the... And then the next time you say something like, wow, God really protected me in that storm. S- see, see the problem? Now, now it, it could be that God protected you in the storm, without question, and it could be that God likes you more than he likes me. That could be, and it could be that I have unconfessed sin in my life, okay, and so God's like trying to get my attention. It could be, but in the midst of doing life in community, and we we do this one frequently, right? I think we got to just be aware of what's going on around us. Because in the midst of doing life together today, in this space, th- th- there are people who are celebrating today like it is the best day of their life. And there's other people in this room right now who wish this day was so very Different. Sorrow into gladness, mourning into celebration. Now the commentators do agree on this. There's not just a little controversy about the celebration of Purim. Was it something that existed in a different form before this event? And the Jewish people just kind of co-opted that and laid their celebration on top of it. Think about our celebration of Christmas. <laughs> our, our celebration of Christmas. Historically, the church like celebrated Christmas well into January, like in January. But then, but then we wanted to co-opt the pagan holiday called the winter solstice. And so we laid Christmas on the winter solstice, okay? <laughs> this is actually true, I'm telling you the truth. The Christmas tree, it's actually a pagan symbol. <laughs> but the Christmas tree up, Jesus comes, it's a pagan symbol, historically. Maybe not anymore. Maybe you don't put it up and think of it as a pagan symbol, but, you know, that's the history, right? So the, the, the commentators are like, okay, is, is Purim one of those types of events? And quite frankly, I guess I really don't care. Also the party in, in some branches of Judaism got pretty crazy. I mean when they're saying feasting and celebration, they flat out tied one on. I mean it was it was like get going and don't stop until it's over. But leaving that on the side and rest on what Esther 9 reports. What has happened, what we have been through, the meaning of celebration feasting. The big ones are easy to see, right? Major holidays, major life events. A celebration when something goes good. Did you see the gophers last night? They're playing North Dakota. What do you guys call yourselves now? North Dakota hawk, hawks? Is it hawks? Is it, is it chicken hawks? Is it flying hawks? What kind of hawks is it? So, oh, it's Sue. It's still Sue? Okay, got it. Hope I don't get in trouble for that one. Rhett Pitlick picks up a pass, lets off a wrister. Oh, score! Gopher's up 2-0! Then he takes his stick, okay, and he flings it into the audience, okay? He flings it into the stands, right? And it lands in the hands of an individual in a Kelly Green shirt that says, North Dakota fighting... And that dude throws it back, okay? Which is what you would expect, right? I mean, that's what the rivalry deserves. What was missed is that throwing your stick into the audience, into the spectators, is a 10-minute major. Game misconduct. Yeah. It went really bad for the Gophers after that. They got picked apart and lost the game. Celebrations, right? The kids say, Selly. How do we celebrate? what do we celebrate? Do we use our mealtime, like feasting and celebration is linked here, do we use our mealtime as a way to experience celebration, as a way to experience gladness, to celebrate what the unseen has done or for that in which we have hope? Gladness. Gladness. Feasting and celebration and gladness. Is there gladness in our lives? Is there gladness or anger? Gifts of food. One of my birthday requests was 24 cookies from Madison Sourdough Bakery. I will not share them. (laughs) Gifts of food. If I do share one with you, you know that I really love you. I'm not going to share it with anyone. I still love you. Is there gladness in our lives or anger? And I play those two off because I, I've encountered recently anger. And it surprised me because I, I thought I had worked so hard with someone so close. please don't live with anger. Please don't live with anger. It can masquerade right under the surface. It can masquerade as snark, and I like snark. It can masquerade as condescension. I like condescension. But we know when it goes too far, right? Don't live with anger. Live with gladness. Gifts to the poor, what does it mean to be poor? Do we reach outside of what is comfortable for us? This this shared experience, this life together, this community that we are invited to be a part of, that with it comes obligations. The future. The future is based on the past, right? For Haman, the Agagite, the son of Hamadatha, the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to destroy them, cast lots, to crush and destroy them. But when it came before the king, he gave orders in writing that his evil plan that he had devised against the Jews should return on his own head and that he and his sons should be hanged. Therefore, they called these days Purim, after the term poor. Therefore, because of all that was written in this letter and of what they had faced in this matter and of what had happened to them, the Jews firmly obligated themselves and their offspring and all who joined them, that without fail they would keep these two days according to what was written and at the time appointed every year, that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation in every clan, province, and city, And that these days of Purim should never fall into disuse among the Jews. Nor should the commemoration of these days cease among their descendants. The 14th and 15th, both days for celebration. If you want to get in on the action early, set aside March 6th and 7th, 2023. That's the next experience of Purim. Remember this day, right? Remember the deliverance. Remember this day more than an earth, wind, and fire line. The things that we remember, the things that we don't remember. The things that we remember, some memories are painful, right? Some memories sear at who we are. Some of the things that we remember we want to avoid so we don't get hurt again. And some of the hard things when we remember them, we know that even when the night was long, God was present. And that even if our story doesn't end like this story ends up, we fit our story within the arc of God's overarching story. And we know that our story is not the end, God's story. The end is out there. And if you remember hard things, I hear you. I had an encounter with my oldest brother just this last two weeks, and we were talking about his son John, who I did John's wedding, and then I did John's funeral nine months apart. And um, this happened back in 2004. Many of you know about this. And we were talking about John, Jonathan, and, um, and Dave said uh, a guy came up to him the other day and says, Do you remember... Do you remember your son? And it was, a, it was a gentleman that Dave knew well enough that he could say, do you remember your children? Boom. The guy said, yeah, I do. Dave's like, every day, every day, I remember Jonathan. Sometimes, in remembering the hard things, we know that God was present even when the night was long. And if you remember hard things, no words of mine can take away the hard things that you've experienced. But you have my heart. The good things, the victories. Some of them are kind of like the blush from a beautiful woman. They're gone really, really quickly. But we remember the good things, the victories. Perhaps we remember our own saying yes to God for the very first time. Or perhaps we remember saying yes to God for the hundredth time. Remembering is so important, okay? And if you leave a code at Timberwood Church, I really don't care. It's fine. Eventually, these all end up at Common Goods. But in remembering and remembering our stories, both good and bad, we remember that they are soon over and a different day has dawned. The feast... The celebration, the remembrance of Purim is a classic tale of leadership, right? Because if you want to lead a group of people, find out what they want to do and then ask them to do the thing that they're already doing. You'll be a successful leader. Mordecai isn't this compelling leadership moment. Okay, Mordecai is just like, okay, they're doing this. This is a good idea. Let's ask them to do it. Okay, they do it. This is something that we should celebrate. We should should remember being morally bound, being compelled, being required, being driven, being impelled, being indebted, an obligation, obligated, obliged, not because we have to, but because we want to. Please pray with me. Quiet before a holy God, I ask you this question. Do we, do you, do I possess this obligation, this desire to remember what the unseen force has done, what God has done in our lives? How will you remember? Hundred of years after the story of Esther, Jesus would say, "Do this in remembrance of me." We remember. Come, thou found.